more than 80% of the world's data is dark. You know, you have it, but you don't know what the value of it is and you can't access it. I think the first thing you really want to understand is what am I solving for? Uh, what are the potentials that I have in my business that I'm not using today? Data that gets used gets improved. Once you start playing with this data and you start to find out what you can and cannot do with it, then typically starts improving the quality of that data to do more with it. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode of our Platinian on Digital podcast, a new series by BCG Platinian. I am your host, Tim Lum, Associate Director at BCG Platinian in London. I'm incredibly excited about our episode today because it's all about data. Did you know that 90% of the world's data was created in the last two years? What about the fact that a 787 aircraft can generate 500 gigabytes of data in just one flight? With us as my guest today exploring this topic is Yulko Shermans, a managing director from the BCG Platinian offices in Amsterdam. Yulko, like me, is incredibly passionate about the topic of data, and I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Welcome, Yulko. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Tim. And it's uh, really great to be here and uh, looking forward to our conversation. And so before we begin formally, can you just give us a brief introduction to yourself and what brought you to BCG Platinian? I've always worked in the, in the brink between business and IT. And uh, back in the uh, 2002 era, when we had the, the, the big e-business bubble uh, is actually where I started my career, actually in e-business. You know, there was no more time for the beautiful Silicon Valley story, so we had to make it real. So um, I think this was part of my passion, got born for tech, to really understand how can you make tech valuable for a business? How can you actually drive value from it? And how do you implement and how do you get it done? So it's great to make a design, but how do you get it implemented into a business? So I started out my career in a life sciences and performance materials business. And then after five years, I moved into IBM to run their technology strategy business. Uh, also there, again, lots of focus on how do you leverage technology in a business context? Uh, how do you drive business architecture into an IT architecture and data architecture? And how does it all link up? And, um, you know, after many, many moons in, in IBM, I got asked to uh, to join BCG Platinian. And I think for me, the exciting part was the startup culture that I think resonated well in the conversations that I had uh, and the opportunity to really uh, continue to focus on content. I mean, I felt myself too young to be more of a general manager, which is, you know, a typical direction you see in the large corporates. So I was actually uh, keen to join, to continue to stay in the content, uh, to lead and grow a business from its infancy stage to, to, you know, something new. And I think, you know, we're well on that journey and, um, you know, still excited that I joined and, and I have all this opportunity to, to, first of all, build a business, but also to stay deeply engaged in the projects that I do and therefore the content. So let's jump right into it. So data as a topic um, has really taken over and taken off in the last few years. Uh, some of the most valuable companies in the world are classified kind of as data companies like Visa, Microsoft, Google, and even Alibaba make up sort of five of the 10 biggest market cap companies in the world. So what do you think has actually happened in the last few years that has created this phenomenon? I think for the first time in, in many, many years, you have enough compute power at an acceptable cost to look into the vast amounts of data which the companies have been sitting on for many years, right? It's not that there was a lack of data, it's, there's a lack of insight. Uh, so you know, how can you bring it together to, uh, in such a way that you can actually do something with this data? And I think what we have now is actually the technology and the power not to, you know, like we had in the past, this, this big batch processing, what have you. Now, now we can take data real time and we can actually support the decision making into marketing, into sales, into operations or what have you. 
And I think some of these companies have been better than others leveraging technology and to really drive that change throughout their business and you know, lead with data first and push people not to come up with, you know, I think it is like this. No, I know it's like this because I found it in the data. And I think these companies have made a shift towards leading with data, leading, but also leading with mobile, right? Making sure that you know, we all have this mobile phone that we you know, have in our hands for the majority of the day. And how do you bring those insights and, and that you know, way of working onto a device that you, that you use every day so it becomes accessible to the widest set of the corporation? I think these companies have done more than any of the others uh, trying to push both the paradigm of data as well as the paradigm of, of, of mobile. You know, you talk about some of these companies um, being at the forefront, uh, being able to use this technology, the compute elements, the mobile technology, ways of working. But, you know, there's some companies that obviously are a little bit further behind the curve, right? They haven't necessarily used the technologies. They haven't necessarily trained their workforce. uh, They haven't necessarily thought about the processes to which they make a decision. But what are some of the difficulties you think that companies face today in knowing how to cash in on this new data phenomenon? You know, I've heard many an executive say to me that they can't start their data transformation projects yet because they don't have enough data. I don't think that's true. I think, you know, companies themselves sit on piles of data. I think the key question is, how do I get to it, right? I think, uh, I remember it was a study, I think, done by IBM that you know, more than 80% of the world's data is dark. So, you know, you have it, but you don't know what the value of it is and you can't access it. So I think for companies to really understand what is it that I have in my core systems, how can I use and leverage that data, I think is, is very important before embarking on, you know, let's get more external data or what have you. First, understanding what's the problem I'm trying to solve yeah? and what are the data sources that I need for that and do I have them in, inside my company? And for a lot of things, actually, you have. Uh, and it's when you've made that first step, when you can, then can start combining it with all kinds of other data sources to come to new insights and deeper insights uh, and to enrich your models. And also, in, indeed, if you start building up a repository in which you, you are able to look at that data, uh, you build your algorithms on top of that, uh, you don't start immediately with all the complexities, right? You want to build up the model so you understand every time what you're doing. So. It's also a, a level of getting started and, and then getting started the right way because, I mean, I think we've also gone through a whole period and maybe we're still in it a bit where most companies do a lot of what they call proof of concepts, but none of them ever skills. None of them ever gets used properly in the field and therefore the value is still not unlocked of all that data and all that effort that you've done in that, in that proof of concept. So I think, first of all, one of the things important is do I really understand the use cases? Do I really know what I'm trying to solve for? And then, you know, do a quick assessment. On, okay, if I'm solving for this, what is the, you know, the, the base data that I need to solve for that? And where do I find it? Let's say you're a distribution company. And as a distribution company, you, you did a lot of acquisitions. You have many different systems. And, and a lot of your uh, sales officers are on AS400 and what have you. Sure, it might not be the easiest to get to your data, right? But the data is there. So leverage the data, take it out, you know, use the first spreadsheets and whatever, that's fine to really start understanding what do I have and what problems can I solve with that data? And then mature over time in you know, further integration, improved and enhanced systems, more automation, more complex uh, models to, to come to predictions and what have you. And if that's the case, it sounds like basically what you're saying is first start with the data that you do have and or a problem that you're trying to solve for. What would you say is almost more important? Do, do you think that derived 
driving essentially the problem that you're solving for, which is the use case comes first or, you know, trying to understand what data you have comes first? Or is that the first step is kind of iterating through these things? It is fast-paced iteration, right? It, I think the first thing you really want to understand is what am I solving for? Uh, what are the potentials that I have in my business that I'm not using today? What are the thoughts or ideas that help me to improve performance? That could be from a cost perspective as well as new opportunities of, of you know, businesses that can do with cross-selling, upselling, etc. I think that is always where you start. And then you know you start backing into the data, right? So, okay, if this is what I'm solving for, what is the model that goes with it? What type of data would I need? Where can I find this data? What's the quality of it? What's the maturity of it? And then you get, I think, to a second paradigm where you say data that gets used gets improved. And so I'm, I'm a firm believer that once you start playing with this data and you start to find out what you can and cannot do with it, that's also the incentive where the business then typically starts improving the quality of that data to do more with it. It is these large scale programs where you say, okay, let's do all the data cleansing first without having a clear purpose for that. They, I think they typically fail. No, absolutely. So with, with that though, and given your time at BCG Platinian, you know, where have we seen this being implemented uh, in our client base, you know, in projects that you've worked on? And what value have we been able to help the client realize? And can you walk me through, you know, how BCG Platinian joined forces with our core strategy colleagues? Yeah, I think I, I can give you an example on that. Let's take, a, 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 for instance, an oil and gas example, where together with our BCG colleagues, we, we basically started looking at, okay, how much money is left on the table across the entire value chain? And, and in which steps of the value chain do we feel there is an opportunity to unlock more value? And then uh, our BCG colleagues started looking, okay, what are then the use cases to unlock that value? What do I need to do? Uh, to bring that to the table. Uh, we started then helping with, okay, if this is the, the use case, what is then the, the data that you need to unlock that? Uh, and where do I find that data in the architecture? Is that readily available or not? What's the quality of that? Also started categorizing these use cases. Some of these use cases might require, let's call it a batch type of analysis. Others might require streaming data for you know, you know, immediate analysis and immediate informing decisions. And all of those have different consequences on how you want to deal with that technically. So what we then did is, is started looking, okay, if these are the use cases, what's the maturity you have of the data uh, that you have? What's the quality of it? And what's the, the, the platform that you need behind it? And how much do you have of this already? So basically then categorizing which use cases are kind of, let's call them quick wins, which ones uh, need a bit more time to mature because you need to do all kinds of technical interventions or data interventions in order to unlock these cases. Uh, and then together, we basically plotted out a roadmap where you say, okay, here are the things you can do now. Here are the things where um, you, know, you can start working on, but these are the prerequisites uh, you have to start up in order to get there. So we were able to demonstrate where does the value lie, how to unlock it, uh, what are the interventions you need in the architecture? Uh, to give you an example of that, uh, a big question was, uh, if you have two big sources of data, one being, for instance, subservice data versus production data, uh, and those, those need to be combined for use cases in a real-time fashion, can you host that in two different clouds of two different uh, uh, technology vendors? And, and what's the consequence of that? And is that possible? And what are the, you know, the, the steps you have to take in between in order to do that? Or should you now say, okay, maybe you want to bring that all into a single cloud and then, of course, have different data lakes on top of it to, to deal with it. So all these type of, of considerations is what we did next to our, our, you know, our BCG colleagues who more looked at the business impact of things and what are the use cases and what, you know, what is the type of data you need to unlock it. We really looked at, okay, how do, you, how do you back that into an architecture? How do you build a data maturity framework? How do you apply that? And how do you then start categorizing 
uh, and prioritizing the use cases that you have. And so it sounds like from this, you know, a lot of the issues and topics that you're, you're talking about and how uh, we as BCG Platinian and BCG itself have kind of joined forces to, to help deliver that. It sounds like first and foremost, it's uh, about the, the use case and the value that, um, so far and, and prioritizing what is both, I guess, valuable to the business, but what's also feasible. But it also sounds like actually technology itself is not so much the problem, uh, but it also sounds like a, a culture and a process issue that you've got to mature. So what, what are ways do you think businesses can establish this kind of change or how have you seen or, or helped making that change occur? I think the key here is how do you fire on all cylinders, right? I think indeed to get started, you don't need a lot of advanced tech. I mean, as I say, Excel gets you a long way. Being able to know and understand where the information is coming from. So if you have a big or a very scattered landscape, you know, where can I get what? Uh, and having a quick appraisal of what the quality is, but also have the tenacity and stamina to really drive through some of these cases into, okay, we know now, for instance, how the algorithm works. We can prove uh, that we, we have a new insight and we can leverage that insight for the business. How do you now drive that through that, you know, the person in the field that has to use that data is actually using the data? And I think this is where you know, the majority of, of, of our thinking, uh, as always, uh, is, is about change management, right? And, and I, think, I think we have a saying in, in BCG where we say, if, if you're trying to solve for, for data problems, 10% of, of the effort is, 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 is around tech and 20 sits in the algo, but 70% sits actually in the change management. Uh, and, and this is where most of the effort goes into. And therefore, I think, and it's, that is an important thing that's often overlooked, it's not about do I have the best algorithm and, and you know, and do I have the, the most fancy platform? How do I bring this insight into the field? And how are people that need to use that insight on a day-to-day -day basis, how are they going to use that? So I'm a big fan and believer of leveraging, for instance, things like design thinking into into that front-end design and thinking, okay, how are people in the day-to-day -day gonna use all these new insights? What are they gonna do with it? And make them part of that journey. So they can start to understand how is my job changing when these un insights unlock? How can I actually do a different job in how I run marketing or how I run my sales teams or how I run a supply chain? Uh, and what are the changes that you need to make so you can actually be ahead with those changes? Uh, and anticipate on them and start training people on them uh, and also uh, build something that is pleasant to use. I think, you know, if, if you bring insights and again, try to bring it to a mobile device, try to bring to something that people like to work on and try to bring them in, in, in a compelling experience. I think that is important. And it's still today, it's so overlooked. Uh, you know, it, everybody thinks as long as we have the algo and we got the insight, we're golden. Uh, and I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's there, there's an adoption element in terms of how well designed it is. I mean, we think about our iPhones or the Google Android OSs. They have to be designed to enable people to, to use them, right? In a way, human-centered design is one way to start to help with that. But also, it's kind of bringing the people along for the ride too, right? It's what is that pain point that they're having right now that the insight will help to improve? Uh, and in some of the cases that, that um, uh, less of the cases at BCG that I've worked in, but in the past, if, if you don't take them along for the ride, if they don't see the value of utilizing a new tool, and if they're not a part of the creation process itself, then they reject it and don't adopt it. I agree, and therefore I think you know one of the things that I personally learned in, in back in my in my previous job, we collaborate a lot with Apple, and one of the design things that Apple does a lot is kind of you know walk in your shoes. 
let's say you're making something for field service engineers. You know, go to the field service and see how they run their day-to-day. What are the friction points that they have in that job? What, was the, what would be the, the insight or intel they would need at a certain moment in time when they run a job? And can you then bring that to them? And can you bring that in a way that it's easy to consume and without too many clicks or what have you? So really having an understanding, uh, what can people do at what moment in time in that process? Does the process need to change? Or, or do we develop our tools and process around that? You know? uh, and I think that is, that is very important. And so how does this change with the pandemic? Is it just the imperative that data is more needed now than before? And how should companies go ahead and try to, to achieve further maturity given some of the people issues like um, generally a smaller workforce or a tightening of the CapEx budget today? What I do believe that the pandemic can do is, is accelerate digital initiatives in the broader sense, right? I think people start to see that you don't need to be face-to-face for every meeting. There is, you, you can actually complete projects with remote teams. So I think that is a first paradigm shift that, that you know, I, I still see that there's also in the Netherlands, there are a lot of, of companies that still are quite traditional about, I want to see my people. And I think this was one of the first times that people saw, hey, we can maintain a certain level of productivity even when we have this virus going around and people are confined to their homes. But companies that I think they start thinking about, okay, if the way of working can change, how do I make sure that people actually have the the tools, the insights and what have you at any given moment in time to work whenever they can? Because I think the other thing that we have learned in this pandemic is it is actually okay if you give people a bit of room to think through when they want to work uh, and work around their family lives and all the things they had to organize, for instance, with self-schooling, of homeschooling, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure if, that the pandemic will, will accelerate the, the view on data, whatever, you, but the fallout from it, some will have benefited from this pandemic and a lot will probably you know, have slowed down uh, economically from this. So people have to start thinking, how can I reorganize my business? How can I do things differently? How can I do things with, with less people? Or how can I be, be more effective with the people that I do have? Uh, I think that will drive a next wave of, okay, how can we leverage data in this context? I think it will drive a new thing about what are the use cases that we can do for our business. The only challenge you have, I think, is most of these data projects at some point, especially when you want to scale, do require CapEx. There's no free lunches. But I think what is possible today, and I think that is important, is that unlike the big ERP programs, this is something where you can grow yourself into. So you can actually build a couple of use cases, unlock the value from it, you know, put a, you know, some of that value back to your bottom line, but reinvest some of it to continue to grow and expand on your IDs. So you can basically pay your way. And I think that is an an important change rather than doing these big bulky programs that maybe have a payoff in five to 10 years. Here you have much shorter cycles to pay off. Uh, And I think therefore they pay for themselves over time. And I think that that is enabled by a lot of the cloud technology where you don't necessarily have to now buy immense amounts of hardware just to keep moving forward it is you know you can gradually start and and the cost of entry actually is a lot lower now with the type of technology that exists which is why i believe the issue in getting started in data is no longer a technology issue itself it's it's more a will than it is a way right and um for, for me when i look at a lot more of how data is going to get impacted or how data impacts the future is you know, as, as you and I are both also focused a little bit on the consumer industry, we've not, we've not seen anything like this in, you know, 50, 60 years, maybe even 70, 80 years in terms of, of since uh, World War II. There isn't a sort of pattern before 
that helps us to understand what's going to happen in the future. So data becomes so much more imperative for decision making because we now are in a, in a time and a place where we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know how to operate. And without data, you know, and, and, and in immense cooperation and collaboration between businesses that have snippets of data where, you know, most companies are not going to come out of their utilizing data in the past because that's completely irrelevant. That, that happened in a time where people weren't working from home. The majority of us weren't necessarily purchasing online. Um, and, and how do we start to understand this change of human behavior if you're in a sort of B2C focus or a B2B focus, then how do businesses get impacted by the consumer and that data that flows through that chain to make those decisions in the first place? You're on a very interesting point that triggered me. I think what we're learning in this pandemic, which I, which I actually find interesting, is that buying patterns shift. And we also start to, to really understand, I think, how fragile a global economy is. I mean, if you're getting a lot of your produce and food not from within your own country and you have a lockdown, and people start scavenging for for whatever that they want. You immediately have a supply problem, uh, and it's it's and it it may not be that there is not enough stock. You just can't access it, or you can't get it in your stores fast enough. And I think people then start looking for alternate sources of supply. And I think uh, one of the things that that technology will allow to do, and data will allow to do, is when these things happen is to start rethinking. Okay, how can I, uh, for instance, set up my supply chain differently? How can I act more as a marketplace uh, rather than, than, a, than a typical, you know, packaged goods seller. I can choose to, you know, use my tomatoes to drop into a tomato soup or I can actually start selling the produce because I'm sitting on a huge stock. And, and how do I make that trade-off? Uh, and therefore, I think thinking through what's your role in, in a certain uh, value chain, uh, what's your role in what you also see happening if it gets tough in the world? Countries become more nationalistic. So how do I deal with such? Those are big scenarios. All of a sudden, I'm not allowed to maybe import or export certain things. And I think data can help you at least to simulate these scenarios and think through how can you behave on that and then think through what is the, the real world consequence of that. So with this volatile future, uh, it's very hard to predict, but at least being played into a couple of scenarios to know what you're going to do with it, I think it's going to be tremendously helpful for this business. Yeah, exactly. It's a great time to get started in data because it's not like all the data in the past is really, again, all that relevant because you can't really use that to, to predict the future very much anymore because everything's changed. It's a confluence of there are established ways of working. There is cheap ways of processing the data and storing that data. But yet at the same time, there's almost a need now to really understand that because you've taken data for granted from the past, and now we can actually use it for a number of different decisions. So from that perspective, I think it's such an amazing time to be alive and in data you know, with, with your, your past and my past and, and, and how we're going to take that forward. With that, thank you, Yoko. It's been great to have you on today and to explore one of my favorite topics in data. My pleasure. And uh, looking forward to the next ones. Tune in next week where we explore the idea of startups and corporates and how BCG Plotinian can actually play a part in matchmaking the two. Thank you.